Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. I'm back from vacation. We had a great time, but it's good to be home. When I left, we were in the gospel according to Mark. Let's go back to Mark's gospel, shall we? Here's a little context. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, has been killed by King Herod. Jesus, on the other hand, has just fed 5,000 people in the wilderness with nothing more than five loaves of bread and two small fish. After that wild miracle, Jesus sent his disciples away, presumably so that he could be alone. Let's hear how Mark tells us what happened next. Our text is Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. Hear the word of the Lord. Right then, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake toward Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After saying goodbye to them, Jesus went up onto a mountain to pray. Evening came and the boat was in the middle of the lake, but he was alone on the land. He saw his disciples struggling. They were trying to row forward, but the wind was blowing against them. Very early in the morning, he came to them walking on the lake. He intended to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they screamed. Seeing him was terrifying to all of them. Just then he spoke to them, be encouraged. It's me, don't be afraid. He got into the boat and the wind settled down. His disciples were so baffled, they were beside themselves. That's because they hadn't understood about the loaves. Their minds had been closed so that they resisted God's ways. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Back in the fall of 1989, I bought a new car. Well, it was new to me. I picked it up from the dealer one evening at 6.30 p.m. The next morning on my way to work at 7 o'clock, while I was sitting in my new-to-me car at a stoplight, a pickup truck came out of nowhere and hit me from behind and totaled my new car. I ended up with a broken nose and took 40 stitches in my face. I also suffered a broken shoulder and lacerations all over my body. It was, to say the least, an unexpected and unwelcomed event. Completely unanticipated, entirely unforeseen. Have you noticed that much of life is unpredictable? Have you figured that out yet? Now, I'm an obsessive planner. I need to know where things are going. I need to know what's coming up. I need to know when and how we're going to get there. Now that I hear myself say it, I might have control issues. 
But no matter how hard we try to plan for life's events, there is always the possibility that something will present itself and derail our best laid plans, right? Life can suddenly take a detour that we never saw coming. The great British theologian John Lennon once said, life is what happens when you make other plans. Does that sit well with you? It can be pretty frightening. You think you can expect a certain level of predictability, don't you? You depend on things being pretty much the same tomorrow as they are today. However, those who have matured to a certain point in their life and faith come to recognize that unpredictability is a part of life. It's always been this way, hasn't it? Unpredictability, especially unanticipated hardship, tragedy, or loss, is something to be expected, encountered, and lived through in the course of life's journey. It is not something to be avoided or bemoaned or lamented or even regretted. Sometimes the unexpected is good, even joyful, beneficial, helpful, but sometimes the unexpected is tough to take. Sometimes it causes pain or suffering or even death. While these unlooked-for and unwanted events can sometimes seem to change everything, there is something that does not change. There is something unaffected, something that remains regardless of what has been lost, upended, or destroyed. That something, of course, is actually a someone, and he is God. And we Christians express our understanding of the living God through our relationship with and in our service to God's Son, Jesus. Now, it's easy for people to say they have faith when life goes along as planned, right? But when our faith encounters some kind of test, something upending, upsetting, and unexpected, well, that is a completely different matter. Now, let me take this one step further. Maybe the most challenging experience any follower of Jesus experiences is not the unexpected or the tragic, but rather an authentic encounter with God, with Jesus himself. Well, that's exactly what happens in today's gospel. I'm not entirely sure what to make of the story. Is it an epiphany story? That is to say, does this story reveal Jesus to us? Is it a description of Jesus as the Son of God? Or is it a redemption or rescue story? Is it about Jesus coming to the aid of his disciples as they struggle against the wind? Or is it both? Here's part of my conundrum. If Jesus intended to rescue his disciples from the boat in the storm, why does Mark tell us that Jesus was going to pass by them as they struggled in the storm? Is Mark simply echoing the stories of God from the Old Testament where God passed by as a way to reveal himself to his people like he did for Moses? If this was in fact a reference or an allusion to the Old Testament, then the first people to read these stories would have gotten the point. In fact, that's one of the characteristics of Mark's gospel. Mark compares Jesus to Moses. Moses fed the people with manna in the wilderness. Jesus fed the people with five loaves and two fish in the wilderness. Moses met God up on the mountain. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. 
Moses performed water miracles. Jesus performed water miracles. Mark's point, of course, is that as great as Moses was, Jesus is even greater because Jesus is the Son of God. And his miracles, which are greater than Moses' miracles, prove his authority and command over the things of this world. So in the rescuing, in the miracle working, Mark gives us the epiphany. Jesus, God's Son, has total and complete authority over everyone and everything. So ultimately, this message is one of hope, great hope for the disciples of Jesus. And that means us, too. It's little wonder, then, that the early Christians used to read stories like this one as allegories. Now, for early Christians, one of their favorite symbols for the church was a boat. And the disciples of Jesus in the boat were symbols of the church on the wild sea of this world and often threatened with destruction, or so they thought. The early years of church history were filled with turmoil. They constantly faced persecution. They feared destruction. It is a profound image. And the people of Mark's day constantly lived with the stresses of the times. Poverty, persecution, pestilence. So there's a good chance that they would have recognized the symbolism. The early church fathers led and guided a church that had survived the worst of persecutions. Miraculously, their boat was not swamped. Somehow the wild winds of life did not prevail. Surprisingly, the waves of the world did not drown them. Not only did the church survive the storm, it flourished and it grew. Ultimately, faith in Jesus kept them safe. Faith in Jesus kept the boat afloat. In spite of all their difficulties, early Christians held that faith in Jesus was the source of their salvation and safety. Now, Mark tells us that because of the disciples' faith, Jesus entered the boat. And when he did, the wind disappeared. You see, the source of all safety is Jesus. The source of all salvation is, of course, Jesus. The message is the same for us today as it was for the disciples then and for the early Christians who envisioned themselves in the same boat. Anyone whose faith reveals Jesus as the Son of the living God is possessed by the hope and assurance that Jesus has joined them in their boat. They can be confident that Jesus will enter their times and places of insecurity and danger and bring real peace true peace, despite the unpredictability of life. That Jesus will keep them secure even though the storms of life rage and the wild winds blow. It's important to note that after this incident, after this miraculous incident, the disciples were still clueless. They were still baffled about the revelation they experienced. They found themselves suddenly in the presence of God. They were terrified when the reality of Jesus was revealed. I think their fear, their amazement, reveals less of a shallow faith and more of their sudden realization that God was present among them. It is both a classic literary device and an authentic indication. No healthy person can encounter the living God without fear and trembling. Mark shows us disciples who are fully and completely human. 
Before we judge them harshly, let's remember how precarious each and every aspect of human life can be, and that includes reactions to God. Mark tells us that the disciples' hearts were hardened. Their minds had been closed, a sign that even Jesus' best friends and trusted followers, the ones who had witnessed many miracles and experienced several wonders, could feel the same as the Pharisees. I think this is an instruction, a reminder to us about our need to stay humble, a lesson about not assuming an air of superiority over others. It is a reminder of one of the paradoxes of the Christian faith, that while we live in the world, we who love and follow Jesus are not to be of the world. It's also a reminder that our safety, our salvation, comes from God. It is a gift of his grace and love, and it comes to us through Jesus. In your life, in your Christian journey, there will be many times of frustration and anger and disappointment, times of terror or pain or suffering. Sometimes, actually most of the time, those times come unexpectedly. Remember, Jesus never promised smooth sailing. What Jesus says to his first disciples on the stormy sea, he also says to us today, as he has said in every age, go on ahead to the other side. Not just go on ahead, but actually to the other side. Nobody knows what kind of storms or accidents or how many they will encounter during the course of their journey. But the church has the promise of the presence of Jesus. Those who love and follow Jesus have the assurance of his presence. And if we remain faithful, we will indeed get to the other side. Let's pray. Strengthen for service, Lord, our hands and our hearts, our ears and our eyes, our mouths and our minds. Feed us, refresh us, and use us for your glory. Help us to go on ahead to the other side, to that which you have in store for us, even when we can't see it. Fill us, we pray, with the fullness of your life, so that all we do and all we say brings glory to you forever and ever. Again, Father, we pray for those who are ill, especially for those who are afflicted and affected by COVID-19. We pray for wisdom and direction, especially with the concerning rise in numbers and in the revelation of new variants. Protect us, we pray. Help us to bring your love and your healing to those who desperately need it. Help us to comfort and care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. Don't forget, your job this week is to put your trust in Jesus, and to love at least three people, and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love, and everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. 
Please don't let the worries of life rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.